Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mark Stenson, and you've come to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And welcome to our 100th episode. We go literally around the world to talk to global creative leaders about how they get inspired, but also how they organize their ideas and create the methods and techniques and processes that they can implement these ideas. And then most of all, how we can gain the confidence and the connections to help launch our ideas out into the world. We've reached a real milestone today, and it's a real honor to have a special guest, Arjun Sen. Arjun, I'm just so glad to have you today. I appreciate you coming on. It's totally a pleasure, and I want to congratulate you on 100 episodes, and to me, honored to be on the milestone episode. Arjun's company is Zen Mango. He is well known as a former marketing director and operations professional in the restaurant and service area, especially with Papa John's. You may not know the Zen Mango name, but you certainly know the brands that Arjun Sen has impacted. And they include names that you've all been to, like Chipotle and Chili's and Quiznos and Einstein Brothers and Pizza Hut, all these great names, but also surprising names that we'll also get into. I'd love to talk about DaVita in the dialysis and healthcare field. He's got a great book called Customer Karma, and it really uncovers a lot of these secrets to a great customer experience. Arjun, I'm just so glad to have you today. I appreciate you coming on. You know, what I loved about creativity and what your company brings is purposefulness because the moment I read about it creates the bridge from where you are to where you want to be. I felt that is the creativity bridge I want to cross with Mark Pinson. Well, I appreciate you saying so. Arjun, I think as we get started, I mean, with all your restaurant and service and retail experience, I don't think we could really get into and set context for customer service without addressing the elephant in the room first and foremost, and that is the conditions and the market factors and the pressure that restaurateurs and franchises are facing, having gone through and still recovering from the pandemic. What have your clients been saying and what have you been observing? So to me, I really think that, you know, everybody is little worried, little is an understatement, but clients who are doing well are getting ready for the world to open full throttle, knowing that when a guest comes out to eat for the first time without hesitation, let's make it special. And in this process, opportunities have come in two big areas. Number one is Earlier, we had a lot of barriers, fast casual and casual dining and everything else. Now, everything because of take home has all blended together, which means if I was a small restaurant chain, I can now steal market share from anyone and everyone. And the second part, as you start looking at is what we are all realizing is the bar has been raised in the sense that yesterday's performance doesn't matter what you do for me. Imagine if the Tokyo Olympics happens and the rule changes to by saying there's only gold medal. That's the only medal that would be awarded. There's no silver, no bronze. Each team will play totally differently if winner takes all and everybody else loses. And that's the part where I think that the world is opening up, but Restaurant friends, brilliant minds are gearing up to really notch up and take service levels to the next highest point. 
Yeah, it's so fascinating what you say about this great equalizer. You know, that all of a sudden fine dining and QSR, as we like to say, you know, because it's it's order online, it's curbside pickup, it's take it home and eat it on your own plate, on your own table. All of a sudden, the experience is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, just building on just that, think what we all learned in the last 12 months. And this is the first time ever the entire world has gone through this social experiment together where we all realized that the coolest place to dine is our own dining hall. Second, what we realized is the coolest people to dine with are friends and family. So now that we got addicted to the coolest and the most convenient place where you and I can walk in PJs or a shorts and a tank top and have gourmet meal, and we have done that over 12 months, it's not going away. Mm-hmm. So building on the best of both worlds is very important. And this is the part where a very simple trivia I want to push in front of anybody on the receiving end and also on the delivery end of guest service in restaurants is, for too long, we have served dine-in food for takeout. If I were to cook something for you that you will enjoy an hour from now, it has to be designed differently. And I learned this from Papa John's John Schnotter, when he was designing the pizzas, what he felt was his pizzas would be at peak performance, not 15 minutes after the, it comes out, but 30 minutes. Unlike anybody else, he put cheese on top, which insulates, never burns the toppings. And if you do a taste test of any pizza, Papa John's comes distance third in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, but it stays there. After 45 minutes, their pizza is designed. So I would request that for any time off premise, we need to design the food And that's the reason, even though we call it eat out, let's call it eat in. So when Mark brings the food in, he gets the food at his home in the best possible way. You know, that's a great point of view because you're saying design it for what the new situation is. You're not just saying what container can I put it in to carry it home? My wife and I, of course, as many people did, experienced this. Some food travels better than others, right? And you're right. Once you get it home, do I put it in the stove? Do I put it on a skillet? Do I put it in the microwave? What's the best way now to to prepare it? So interesting. You're also describing, I think, designing the total experience differently. You know, there's no host or hostess. There's no longer the server that comes to your table. There's no longer then pay the check at the end and all that sort of thing. A whole new customer pathway is being formed, isn't it? Totally. And that's the part where going beyond restaurants, what I've found is over the last 15 to 20 years, there are two human trends that has not changed. The intensity of those have, you know, magnified. And the two trends are, one, customers want to be in control. And secondly, they want to be self-paced. Think, when was the last time you and your wife went to any restaurant, retail service, anywhere, where you felt you did not have control? Hmm. Or you were rushed. And that's the part where when you blend those two things together, in the book Customer Karma, I talk about that each one of us, Mark, is either in one of two states, Either he's a butterfly or a terminator. A terminator is the cap that you're wearing. If you want a replacement, you are exactly asking a store by saying, do you have this khaki cap this size right there? 
If not, as I come in, can the cap meet me near the door? And that's a terminator. On the other side, you are a butterfly. The days you're a butterfly, you are in a conversation. You really want to know where do you get your fabric? What do you do for the farmers? But there are two things to remember. One is each one of us can be a butterfly or a terminator on different days. Mm -hmm. The second thing is creating highways for a butterfly to be a terminator or other way around. If you were supposed planning to pick your wife at the airport and you're a you know, happy going butterfly, she just texts by saying my flight landed half an hour early. You become a terminator. Right now I need to go because the cap is not as important as you meeting a wife and the first hug after she comes back from a trip. The same way, if the flight is half an hour delayed, now the terminator has little more time. So to me, I really feel that looking at the bigger picture and the thing that you also mentioned is when you and your wife get food at home, you also need clear instructions on what to do with the food and how can you get it ready for best way of experiencing the food. And if you don't know it, that's another golden rule I feel is you cannot be a long-term connection with customers by making customers feel stupid at any point of time. So empowering it and all of a sudden you become the super chef by microwaving some, baking some, and now your wife's like, wow, Mark, you did that. And Mark has the smile on his face. Oh yeah, you know, rock star me. But they made you feel rock star and they win and you win. Well, and some contribution, I think of these food kits now. There's a contribution to the cooking yeah, and mm-hmm. to that experience, isn't there? It didn't just show up. Yeah, so interesting. So as we think about the book, Customer Karma, then, you know, I guess the idea of karma being it all comes around you know, back to you, but the, building the relationship with the customer from that first experience, that you're not just looking for that transaction that you were just describing, but rather you are trying to build a relationship. What are some of the other traits of a relationship with the customer? So one thing you talked about, I think is very important is the whole concept of karma is not transactional. So sometimes we think karma is what goes around, comes around. Not really. I grew up with my grandma, I called her Maiji. She taught me the whole concept of karma is in any situation, you got an opportunity to be there. Your job is to do the best you can. That's it. I'm on this podcast invited by you. And you raised the bar by reading everything about me. So I had to come in reading about you because I get one chance to be on the 100th episode of this incredible podcast. So putting best effort is. And the second part in this book, I also connect everything to dating. And the fun part is dating and the customer experience are very similar. Visualize just for a second. Mark, you're single. And I'm connecting you to your would-be wife on a first date because, you know, you and I know each other. The moment you meet her, she would put you in one of three buckets. The buckets are, Arjun, you really know me. Thank you. Or on the other side, Arjun, I'll kill you. What the heck were you thinking? (laughs) Or something in between. The same thing happens with any experience for a customer. The first, second, first impression defines. During the whole experience, there are ups and downs, ups and downs. Just like a presidential debate, you know, the ticker goes, and something like, for example, if I'm a candidate, I say something, I lose you forever, or I may get you forever. But just like in a date, at the end of the date, your 
girlfriend, your wife, would have to decide and put Mark into one of three buckets. One, even if this is the last man on this planet, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Mm. Bucket three, we see something together. She even sees that it would be a fun guy to go to a museum together and have a glass of wine to discuss or that particular movie or go to a library or in between Friday night, extra movie tickets. So think the same thing happens when you leave a guest experience, you know, as a guest. And that's the part where in the book, Customer Karma, I really push by saying, if I had a retail store or a service and you came in, I control home field advantage to give you the most amazing first impression. I also must remember that Mark sitting in my place where I have home field decides on my future. It's like you are doing a Yelp review in front of me. So what can I do to influence? And what I influence gets me a lifetime connection with you. The funny part of the book was my daughter, she's 27 now, and she was a little younger, is my business partner, my mentor, and I have to get things approved. And the subtitle of the book is why stop at a one night stand when you can have a lifetime relationship? And my daughter told me, no dad of mine talks about one night stands. And of course, he was serious. I didn't want to ask how many dads do you have? Conversation, I didn't want to get in. So finally she gave in. But to me, that's the customer karma. And thank you again for giving me a chance to share about a big passion area of mine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess I would like to pick up on that, Arjun, to say, you know, reviewing the brands that you've had impact on. And early in your career, brands like Pizza Hut and Einstein Brother Bagels, and then certainly developing the operations and the system and the marketing for Papa John's. But then all of a sudden, right in the middle of these restaurant brands and retail brands is Davida, a well-known healthcare brand. And healthcare being the industry I'm you know, most involved in. I was very curious at how some of these customer experience traits translated from a restaurant, a dining experience into a healthcare journey experience. So to me, at the core of it is a very simple concept. And the concept is we are all in the feeling business. Okay? And that is very important because we are not in the experience business. Experience has to lead to a feeling. Because if I were to provide you an experience, I just check, like I walk in, robotically say, welcome Mark, have a seat, what may I do for you? And I don't even smile. And you are scared to even ask me for even a glass of water. You're like, oh, Spanish, all good. So the feeling is very important. And in the feeling business, being okay and being mediocre does not work. Just like going back to dating, if you were single and had an okay date, you don't reach the search stops here moment. When I met my wife, Chitra, I told her after the first night, I don't know, I don't want to put pressure on you, but for me, the search stops here. She jokes even now by saying how crazy we are. I said, no girl, I don't play games. I felt it and I told you. She felt a lot of pressure, but to me, I really think that that's the reason being okay doesn't work, which means you have to be on wow, that bit gets you the positive word of mouth, word of mouth and a lifetime referral. Or on the other side, you don't want to get on the yell on Yelp moment. Customers are all powerful. So now with the feeling business, what I felt was there are four steps to getting there. And the steps are be human, 
inhuman, ill-human, and then acumen. And this is very important because my one of my coolest bosses ever, Blaine Hurst, that time he was the president of Papa John's, had taught me that my job, if there's one thing I do as the VP of marketing and operations, heading both these departments, was every week I must be a customer at my business and at competition. He even blocked a promotion of mine because I was not doing it. I hated him, but I'm so glad he did it. And because without doing it, if you're not on the other side wearing the shoes, you can't act like the customer. So if you connect the whole thing, be human, think human, feel human, and then act human, because we are all human beings, then you influence the feelings. And now if you start looking at whether it is restaurants, where you have an experience, the waiter to me is a bigger experience. My father-in-law who we lost at the beginning of this year, for four years was brave enough to go into a dialysis center three times a week. I went with him a few times to realize once he went there, there was a pre-preparation. Then there was a car ride. Every time the car was five minutes late, he was waiting near the door at 5 a.m. in the morning. That's not a fun experience. The anxiety my mother-in-law went through. Once he went in, he had to be reminded that use the restroom first because once it starts, you cannot. And then for five hours, he sat there in front of a tiny screen. There's no blankets. Come on, man. If you come to my place and for five hours you're sitting there, forget about paying. I can get you a comfortable chair. I can get you a good view of TV to entertain, a good earphone. And that's the part where working with Vita, what we realized is the patient may not be paying. It's coming through Medicare or somewhere else or an insurance but it's the experience that we can still provide the patient to elevate it to the next level. So it's the same thing at every business everywhere is we are all in the feeling business. Yeah, and connecting as humans is so yes. strong, so strong. Well, and Arjun, you've developed these principles, these traits, these recommendations even from, from a long career of doing things right, but probably some hard lessons learned from the mistakes or the potholes and obstacles along the way. I was wondering if you could share with us some of those trying moments, some of those difficult moments. I'll give you a big success, which never materialized because of a big mistake. The first half I'm really proud of. So at Papa John's, I sat down with entry-level team members to see how training happens. And I realized that this is a 16 or a 17 or an 18-year-old who is just happy to be awake and physically make a training meeting. Then we gave them a training binder. What the heck is a training binder? Okay. So as I sat there, I started understanding their mindset and with my team, we jump-started and created a comic book. And the two characters in the comic book were the founder and a female team member and how they interacted. And a comic book allowed us to even add attitude into it. Like, sounds like, wow, wow. Like, it was attitude culture. I feel it was brilliant. But what was not brilliant was how I did it. I did not have direct responsibility of training. So I blindsided the head of training by creating this and made her look bad. I'm a human being. She's a human being. I hurt her feelings. And when you hurt somebody's feelings, that's not the way to build a team. 
And because of that, the adoption of this took a longer. So I really feel it's not about what we do, but how we do together as a team. And it would have been very easy if I had to go back. I really want to change this. I would have walked in with to Marianne Palmer and talked to her by saying, hey, Marianne, what you're doing content is brilliant. I have an idea. Can you and I sit in the back room? Let her feel it too. And then together do a high five. Together we come up with the comic book and then I back off and let her own the success. Because if she owned the success, she would have owned the implementation of the comic books and that would have made the company win. Again, I blame that on immaturity, but I really feel it was another big lesson as you start going through. Yeah, for sure. Well, and these are often the lessons. I mean, you know, we, we can celebrate the successes and say, well, it all ended well, you know, and it was successful in that way. But then maybe how it was done and the people we affected, it is good to reflect on that, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, Arjun, I think about your own creative journey and where you might see your creativity going now. What are some of the creative projects that you're looking forward to getting more involved in? So one of the things, you know, learning little bit from you, I really am trying to put creativity in everything I do as a purpose. Because I feel creativity, if it's like, there are two ways to be creative. One is the Mark Stinson way, which is a purpose and a process. Or there could be the other way of buying a lottery ticket to be rich. Okay, the second one doesn't work for all people. So for that, I just feel the coolest and the most important piece I'm finding is see beyond. Most people see the same way. If you and I were average detectives, we would have gone to a crime scene and followed the 102 step processes and found nothing. The name known by every person I think on this planet who cares about detective novels would have come in and his accent, he would have brilliantly said in a British accent, lifted the chair or the table leg and said, aha, here. And he would have found something which we didn't. So to me, that's one of the things I'm looking at is I want to do more of this pause, see what others don't. I'll give you a very simple example from one of the first projects I did. You know, I got paid $2,000 by a burrito chain later on the weekend, Chipotle. They asked me to do a sales graph for 22 markets. I did 22 markets, made sure the data was correct, and it looked exactly the same. Every time their sales peak starts in May and ends in September. And before I gave it, I asked myself this question, which I'm really proud of, is what happens if we could move the sales peak to start in April middle and extend till October? I did the math. It's billion dollars additional every 34 months. Billion with a B. So when I made the presentation, so I showed them first is C beyond is, hey, it's not the graph what's missing in the graphs. And then I said, do you have an extra 15 minutes where I can show you how to make billion dollars for every 34 months? Of course, Steve Wells, the founder said, yes. Yeah, you, you'll say I'll make the time for the billion dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> and then he was thinking of marketing promotions. I said, no, no, Steve, for every idea, just like you start with seeing beyond, I feel this is the piece we also miss is we rush with an idea, pause, use the creativity to make the idea bigger. I said, Steve, if I can give you an idea where it's like an annuity, you don't have to even run a marketing calendar. Automatically, customers come and give you ideas, uh, money. 
she like he's like i would love that i said look at what happens end of october halloween you have aluminum foils why can't you own by saying any person who wears an aluminum foil gets a free burrito and i had already tested with my daughter initially she was brave enough to you know put a some kind of a sling that her hand is broken with foil then then after that she would wear a two piece bikini of course on top of her clothes but what i loved was when she went there she got a free burrito but she had four to five friends who went with her paid full price and they put her on instagram so today for chipotle this is an automated idea and halloween is celebrated not one day over a week and that has boosted the brand for that extra month we tried the same on april 15 tax day it was somewhat successful so to me my goal is with any brand anywhere just have so much fun seeing beyond connecting the dots to wow one more every guest and then pause and do nothing and see how we can make ideas bigger because the bigger ideas pay exponentially more I love that and you brought back some great memories I can already see my oldest kid wrapped in the foil because I do remember that promotion <laughs> I remember the the craziness that ensued around it it was so fun yeah my daughter one time even tried to make a mummy out of herself yeah. said, girl whatever you do you're not driving today so no but, no but it's it's good if you're walking down the street into the chipotle yeah. but also as a dad i had to do the math how much foil went into making the mummy oh oh totally you could have bought a whole bag of burritos back <laughs> on the 250 feet of foil that's for yeah. sure Well, Arjun, what a great conversation and I really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your uh, principles with us. There's so much to learn. And I love the idea around your name, the Zen Mango because there is so much zen around and it's great that I also notice that you're often called the brand Yoda. So I'm sure you've got some great sayings and a great quotation book maybe as your your next book. the quotes of the zen that adds something on the name zen mango so the name of the company was restaurant marketing group very boring and as my clients were leaving the restaurant field i needed to find a new name so four of us in my basement were sitting down and talking about names and these were like strategic marketing group like boring names my daughter she was 13 13 and she had just been named by advertising age magazine in top 30 under 30 she comes and says if i give you a name will you buy me and my friends pizzas i'm like sure 10 minutes later 10 she comes in and says zen mango i'm like you know that listen zen rhymes with sen and also it has an aura of superiority wisdom yoda like i'm like okay and she says mangoes are the world's fastest growing fruit and it allows us bring the colors of restaurant marketing group orange into this and she's not only that i've even given you a logo of a mango with a little cool sign as the two years on that side you like to do this which is a perfection and that's what it is you know i find with the biggest of creativity there's an idiot who challenges it and that's the i was the idiot i was challenging why zen mango doesn't work when cody roper in my team brilliantly stood up give gave my daughter 50 dollars or 100 dollars for saying all the pizza you want and whispered to me arjun trust me a year from now or even longer or sooner you will appreciate the name and today i every chance i get i have to tell the story it connects me back to my daughter and it just puts a smile on my face and it gets me excited to be part of zen mango well there's always a great story behind a great name and thanks for sharing that with us it's been wonderful 
Folks, uh, my guest has been Arjun Sen, and his company is Zen Mango. And you certainly connect with him on Zen Mango website and also his own personal brand website, ArjunSen.com. What a wonderful episode 100. You've been a terrific guest, Arjun, and I really am honored to have you on this milestone episode. Thanks again for coming. Thank you. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our around-the-world travels to meet creative experts and professionals who are getting inspired for new ideas, sharing their methods and techniques and principles on how to organize these ideas, and most of all, sharing the confidence and the connections to help us launch our ideas out into the world. I'm Mark Stinson, and we've been unlocking your world of creativity. And we'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, Mark. Hyphen Stinson.com and enjoy the book.